This morning, I'd like to go to Psalm 73, and I know this is a psalm that has been looked at many times, but um, it just it kind of seemed appropriate here as I was uh, preparing for this to talk a little bit about prevailing through trial. Um, certainly, we can't read through this whole psalm because there's a lot here, but I want to take kind of a, a, a little bit of a 10,000-foot view, if you would say, uh, of it, um, just to kind of look at, at um, how we, we go about working through trials in our lives. Um, for me, this is a real wonderful psalm, and it kind of shows the realness that's associated with a Christian's walk. Uh, it's written by Asaph, um, and in today's vernacular, we probably consider him a worship leader or a song leader in, in church. Um, in First Chronicles, we read a bit about um, Asaph and that David appointed him as a, as a singer and, and delivered him a psalm when, when the ark was brought back. And First Chronicles 16.37 says this, he said, so he left there before the ark, the covenant of the Lord, and Asaph and his brethren to minister before the ark continually as every day's work required. So here we have Asaph. He's respected. He's a godly man. He's a leader. And he writes a psalm describing how he prevailed through temptation and through turbulence in his life. Um, the psalm's interesting from the fact it starts really high, and then he goes through this trough of life and <clears throat> um, but it doesn't, doesn't stop there as God restores him back to peace. And we see him being really open and honest and saying things that probably we wouldn't expect someone who was a respected uh, singer or worship leader at the time to say. Um, and there's certainly a lot of parallels here that we can draw when we compare it to our lives. And so there's, there's really six different movements here in the psalm, and we'll just kind of step right through them here uh, to begin here. So movement one kind of is verses one through three. Um, there's two very emotional states in this first section. Um, Asaph starts really high in verse 1, and immediately he starts sort of descending into the trough. Uh, he speaks to the fact that God is good, and then in verse 2, the, the, the three-letter word but appears, and Asaph begins to question, why, why do the godless prosper and the believers seem to suffer? And this is really kind of an honest trans, and transparent admission that he was not going, going along and following God appropriately. He was doubting what was going on in the world. He was sort of struggling with, with this whole concept of the godless versus the believers. Movement two is verses four through 12. And here we see Asaph looking outward. It's illustrated by the pronouns of there and them. So he switches from, from just looking at himself or the believers to looking outwardly here. Um, and he notes that the godless are doing well. Um, even though they aren't acknowledging God. Verse 6 says this, Therefore pride compasseth them, about as a chain, violence covereth them as a garment. The chain here is not speaking of bondage, but it's almost like it's an ornament. It's like they've got something, um, they're doing something good, and the violence is working well. And so Asaph's really saying this, this achievement that's in their lives is, is God really being good and right? In verse 11, it says, And they say, How doth God know? And there is knowledge in the Most High. He's at the bottom of the trough, and he's thinking, does God really know what's going on? Does God really understand that, that, there's, that the struggle is happening? And in verse 12, he says they're prospering, even though they're against God. And in verses 13 through 17, we kind of see the third movement of the psalm as Asaph goes back to himself and begins to internalize what's going on in his life. He says, I, I've said no to sin. What good has it done me? It, it seems to be working for those that, that are just ignoring this, and yet here I am struggling to get along. In verse 15, he speaks of the discomfort 
what we have in confessing these struggles. If we say, if I say what's on my heart, you know, you know, what will, what will our friends or what will mom or dad say about me? Are they going to, they really going to wonder if I've just sort of lost it? Um, it's too painful to talk about. Um, so I'm supposed to be this godly man and I'm having these terrible thoughts, these terrible ideas. In verse 17, we start to see a change as he goes into the sanctuary of God. And often isn't this how it is for us as we find ourselves um, in the community of believers, then we start to think a little more clearly and we get away from this idea of, that, that everything's kind of against us and, and get away from, from this downward spiral. So he transitions into the fourth movement of this hymn, and this is verses 18 to 20, as he begins to consider God and he starts to see clearly by understanding what God is going to do externally. He looks at, when it looks like everything's going to go well for the godless, and he starts to understand that they're being prepared for destruction. Verse 19, he says, they are completely consumed with terrors. Um, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to visit uh, and listen to some of the other godless, but I, I know some of the guys I work with. And, and on the surface, it seems that all is going well. But when you sit down and start to talk to them, you start to pull out of them. They're just consumed with this fear of what's going to happen next. It might be their job or their family, but there's this whole range of things that they're struggling with. So maybe on the surface, it looks like things are great, but underneath there's this terror, or this fear. They just simply don't have rest. And Asaph starts to recognize that. And in verses 21 to 24 is the fifth movement. And we start to fill this updraft as a psalm as he starts to recognize um, his own sin and begins to reflect on the fact that his unbelief, Asaph's unbelief is a sin against God. And yet he's realizing that God stayed close beside him. And through all this, God didn't distance himself from Asaph. God continually guided me in life and I will, I will end up in glory in verse 24. And then the sixth to the last movement of this hymn, uh, verses 25 to 28, is really kind of the doxology. As a result of going through this, he begins to start to see clearly and begins to worship God as the creator. Uh, verse 25, who, whom I have in heaven um, but thee, and there is none on earth that I desire besides thee. When we put our thoughts and our f- desires on God, it really takes away the pain and the injustice that, that often fills our world and kind of take us down. Um, we fail in spirit, but God is our portion. He is preparing us for an eternity of bliss. And so he continues to lift us up. And once we come to this place like Asaph did, that God is there, it begins to really change our, our mindset. And when we read this psalm, knowing that the writers come through this valley, it really gives us a better, um, even a better example of what faith can look like. He comes out of the trial. He recognizes God is there. And at least for me, I don't know about for you, but that's kind of often true is that love and peace we know from God is so much sweeter when we've come through the trial and we've sort of struggled through whatever that he's placed or allowed to come into our path because it gives us that chance to know him just a bit better. Um, He ends it with this beautiful thought in verse 28, uh, but it is good good for me to draw near to God. I've put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. Um, it really reminds us that when we're struggling and we come out of a trial by entering the sanctuary of God, whether it's through prayer or in the congregation of believers or, or however that happens in our lives, it's really then that we begin to understand. Um, but we can't just stay there. We can't just leave that understanding and hang on to itself. It's really up to us to take that knowledge and deliver it to the world, deliver it to those that don't understand who God is. 
And that's what we've seen here with ASAP is he went through this struggle and then he recorded it and took it out and gave it, you know, it's there for us. It's there for those who, who need to understand more about God so that they can understand his works. So in conclusion here, Asaph really left us a transparent hymn of what it was like when he struggled. He just opened his heart to us. And we can connect because those are words that kind of describe us at times. So we, too, need to be willing to take Asaph's example here. So when we come out of the trial, when we come out of the struggle, let's be willing to share what God's done in our lives so that others can benefit and be blessed and come to know him as their Savior as well.